You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. This is Ed. We are extremely happy to have with us today John Rogers from the Writers Guild. John, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on, gentlemen. Oh, thanks for coming. Yeah, there's a, it's a, it's certainly timely. Um, and and you are just your title is you're on the board of the Writers Guild of America. Uh, I'm on the board of directors for the Writers Guild of America West. Uh, I do the legacy issues and the history. There's a Writers Guild of America West and a Writers Guild of America East. Uh, we are both on strike. Okay. okay, and two different locals or two different unions under two different unions. Uh, we're 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 a guild. I mean, yeah. technically, I mean, we're, we're, we follow. Look, both of these both of these organizations are are ninety something years old. So there's a lot of artifact structure. Uh, but we are we always work in, in unison. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, and so, you're on strike. Yeah, you're on strike. It's a big yeah, deal. On strike, First. sir. I was out on the out on the lines yesterday. And what is uh, tell us briefly? Uh, let's go back real real quick. So, what's your background? You you're a writer. Obviously, uh, I am a screenwriter. I started as a stand-up comedian, and back when they gave every heavyset white guy a sitcom back in the '90s, I did that for a second and a half, uh, and then um, wound up getting more into the writing side of it, and have been a, a continually employed screenwriter for about 25 years now, between both features and television. That's super cool, and the, and I understand that you wrote Transformers. I was one of the writers. Those big blockbusters very rarely have one person on them, but I was one You're of them. modest. Yeah, don't be don't be modest. And I heard you wrote the whole thing, and I heard, I heard you yeah, actually yeah, hired. Me- I heard you hired Megan Fox for it too. By the way, good good choice. No, yes, that was uh, the power that a the power that a screenwriter exerts over a massive blockbuster film is really intimate. Uh, we barely <laughs> even talk to the director. We barely even let him in the Well, twenty twenty five year old Ed, thanks you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so tell us. Uh, so tell us what what is this strike about? Uh, the strike is about the fact that we have come to a point where the streaming model, which has been growing over the last ten years, has disrupted our both our compensation and our working conditions to an untenable degree. And so we tended to address this with the companies. Uh, the companies, as you may have seen in the press, not only. Uh, not only didn't give us what we want, they completely refused to respond and did not counter to many of our very high priority issues. And so, unfortunately, we've come to the point where uh, we are forced to use the power of the union. And thanks to a ninety-eight um, percent uh, wow. favor by the um, by the union, with the highest turnout we've had in the union strike authorization vote. Yeah. Unfortunately, the board uh, had to make a decision to call a strike last Monday. So the so the companies literally won't respond to some of your proposals. Like they just are, yeah. are, bl- are blank. Yeah, just like, no, no counter. We're trying to be transparent. So we release a, um, because we realize it's the only way to win this sort of thing is to be transparent. Because right. when you see the behavior of the companies, even people who weren't involved in the issues can see the bad behavior on the part of the companies. Right. So we released, uh, you can find it online, a document outlining our asks, and they are all very reasonable, and the company's responses. And as you can see on about half of them, it did not respond, and no counter-offered. Yeah, they just refused to engage. I mean, things went with the switch from, I mean, the last time that you were on strike, streaming was just um, just emerging. People heard about it. You know, Netflix was getting away from being the DVD mailing company and into streaming, but people didn't really understand it. And now um, the, the world has changed, and 
Um, I mean, streaming, when you're a writer, you make money when your show airs. You make money when it's syndicated, you know, back when you used to have reruns. Um, but all that's changed now with the streaming era. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, and look, the point of the last strike with streaming is that we saw this coming and nobody else did. And we right. decided to strike and, and we went out for 100 days. Uh, and the, the, the company told us streaming is experimental, streaming is promotional, we'll never make a dime in this. And literally the day the strike ended, Hulu started. Wow. Um, so, yeah, they, they, had the, they, had the, they had the bullet in the chamber. Yeah, they were ready to go. Of course. And so, luckily for us, we established that precedent. But now over, uh, actually, almost exactly 50% of the business now is uh, producing in streaming and distributing through streaming. So, yes. Uh, and that has changed because um, the contract, the writer's guild contract, is a living document. And is an, it is amended as we go. And so, every new distribution model that comes along, we have to write rules for that distribution model. Right. So the rule for reuse of our work, residuals, um, which are similar to office royalties, are not exactly them for complicated, fascinating historical reasons I could get into, but I don't think anybody really wants to spend that seven minutes. Thank you. Um, you know, we... <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, uh, we get um, really a percentage of the profits in some places, and we get a flat fee in other places, and then in streaming... Um, we get a fee uh, that is based on the regional sales price that is dependent on the actual size of the streamer. Okay. And it is a flat fee. And as a result, we have no, um, we have no share in the success of the product. Wow. So you, so you, so you, you, write, you guys are writing, write yeah, you, yeah, so you're writing it and the product is, yeah, you're writing it. It's hugely successful. It's, it's, it's garnering more subscriptions to, you know, so-and-so service. Eventually, by the way, they're throwing ads in there now. Yeah. And, and so it's yeah. your product that's being produced. You literally are the ones that came up with the idea and wrote the product and you're not sharing in the revenue of that product. Yeah. What exactly. are the, what are the, and, what and are the business models? In some small that? way, because, I'm sorry, what was that? Well, is there any other business model where the inventor of the product doesn't actually share in the revenue of the product? No. Well, I mean, we we do share. That is what residuals are, but they make sure that we share in a way that is not representative of the actual success. I mean, you're being treated like manufacturing. It's like a manufacturing thing. You're yeah. there to just churn out scripts. They sell them, get what they can for you, and you get paid your rate for churning out scripts. Yeah, and this is part of the other problem. The residual is the back end. That's not technically back end. Back end is ownership, which you only get when you're very high up. Um, the residual is the, is the rough TV and network and film equivalent of author's royalties, like I said, very similar to that. Yeah. Uh, they get them, we get them, but we get a very denigrated part of them, and our numbers don't go up in streaming if they are more successful, which is a problem. Uh-huh. So the guy who writes Stranger Things which is a giant international hit. It's the exact same check as somebody who writes a show you've never heard of. That's fascinating. Yes, yeah, uh, and so one of our uh, young men that work for our uh, our YouTube channel is wearing a Stranger Things sweatshirt right now. So funny, yeah. funny, funny you should say that. Well, we so, we're definitely going to get fucked. So what happened, though, is, is because of the nature of the streaming model, when shows are on broadcast or even on cable, which is where I came up, um, the, the production cycle was linked to the, the distribution cycle. Um, we made the television shows, we wrote, we came up with the ideas, we rewrote the mm-hmm. production, we did post and editing, we were on set for the shooting, right. and because we overlapped with production. Mm-hmm. But now the streaming companies are like, well, you know what, 
let's try to let's try to stretch these out. Let me make it eight ten episodes. So why don't we get out the scripts first? That way we can budget. And that's kind of the way to seduce you. They go like, oh well, we get all ten scripts first. That way we can budget more effectively and get more on the screen. The show will look better. And this is how we kind of wound up here. It's like, oh yeah, that does sound great, doesn't it? But you're going to bring us back to the upset. Right. No, we're not bring you back to the upset. Oh, but but post like editing is actually part of our job. So you're going to pay us the same as you pay us to be around for that. No, no, none of you are going to be around for that. Now it seems Only the showrunner, and even he is not going to get paid what he usually gets paid for doing the job that he did. Absolutely, the same job he did five years ago. So I think and that's it. They've slowly peeled apart the production cycle into pieces. So they can eat away at us at every different stage of the piece. So in, tur- in, in turning you guys into, you know, basically gig workers, right? Turning you to the u- Uber drivers of yeah. Hollywood. Well, let me ask you that's, something, that's John. That's 100% what they're trying to do. And how many showrunners, how many successful showrunners and producers started out as writers? Because right now it sounds like writers are being put in a spot where you're there to write, you have no place in the rest of it, so you have no way to learn the rest of the industry. Like, I would imagine a lot of successful showrunners, producers, uh, started out as writers, figured out set design, music, all of that stuff. And uh, and now they're just being cut out. So you're almost uh, shutting off the pipeline to kind of create talent uh, in-house in the entertainment industry. You know, we make this... Look, almost every showrunner started as a baby writer. Yeah. Almost every showrunner works their way up to the system. Occasionally they go outside and they get a film writer or a playwright who has a lot... It really, But we always pair those people with a showrunner because... We have, look, a television show is a is a is a hundred and two hundred million dollar business with weekly deadlines. Like you just don't drop somebody who doesn't know what they're doing into a job like that with two hundred employees, uh, several of whom are very good looking and sometimes don't want to come out of their trailer. You know, and you know there are transpo issues, there are location issues. Like this is an enormous business. So let me uh, let me ask let me ask you this. Running the show. Let me let me ask you this. Because I, I really do want to touch on this, I think at least either put it to rest or, or talk about it. But the article that I read said that um, that the studios or the employers, I should say, the companies and these companies, by the way, I read that some of the CEO salaries they're, they're sickening. They're absolutely they're, it's on it's absolutely unbelievable. Almost a billion dollars for like six people. But anyway, I, I just have to ask you this question, John. They won't even talk about AI, like dead silence no. about AI, right? Well, well, not, uh, worse than a silence, a mealy mouth uh, agreement, which makes us actually more worried. What is um, that? Because, which is, which is know, what is it? Because what happened is we said, you know, we have these rules for AI. And I was on the AI working group for the Writers Guild. It was, a, it was led by a guy, very prescient guy named Derek Hughes, who early in the process said, okay, we need to tackle this now. Yes. Right? Right. We got ahead of it, which is why we're one of the first unions out of the gate with an AI policy in our negotiation that other people are looking at and saying, you know, this is great work. That's thanks to Derek Hughes. Um, but I was one of the researchers on that group. And, you know, we said, look, we want to limit it in these ways. And the studios have said, well, no, we don't want to cut ourselves off from being able to explore this right. technology artistically. <laughs> so let's have a meeting once a year to talk about it. Interesting. And I'm sure that meeting will be how awesome AI is. Yeah. Uh, uh, will generally be it. Uh, their, their, big, their, big, their big comeback for a lot of the stuff we asked for was, well, let's have a meeting about it. It's like, right. we don't want to do more free work. We're having a 
yeah, we're, free work. We're here right the now. The meeting with you is work. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why it's called negotiations. Right? So we don't need, we don't need meetings. Let's let's negotiate this. So I, I I had read that a couple of the items that the WGA is concerned about is not only uh, trying to keep AI from. Uh, writing source material that gets developed into, um, you know, into screenplays and things like that, but also to prevent AI from being used to uh, fix scripts. So a writer could come in with an idea and they'd say, we like part of it. We're going to have AI work on the rest. Um, so, so what it sounds like to me is, and coming from construction, if you have um, technological advancement coming in and you give that up, you give human work to technology, you never get it back. So what you're doing right yeah. now is fighting to keep human beings in the entertainment industry. I think it's, it's a very complicated issue because, first of all, the technology can't actually do what they think it can do. Right. And what we're, a lot of what we're trying to do is keeping boneheaded executives from thinking this is a great idea and driving things into the ground because someone's going to think, oh, let's do this. And, yeah. And, and things will be ruined. Well, I mean, but, uh, but it's also the fact that you know, um, we're trying to keep copyright is a very complicated thing. Mm-hmm. And these machines are plagiarism machines. These machines have been trained sure. on the copywritten material, our work, without, right. our, without our consent, by the way, um, violating our copyright. And you, if you get into copyright in AI, it's interesting because the original guys who developed it, when they they were asked like, oh, did you guys get permission before you scanned the whole internet and all that copywritten material? It very much went from this is the future to well, we're not responsible for how it's used. You use it. like they realized they kind of screwed up. Yeah, and there have been several judgments recently that said you cannot copyright material created by an AI because of several of those issues. That's not a work of, of human imagination or human art. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, I don't think a, a lot of this is. I don't think AI is going to replace human workers. But what what we're trying to do is basically keep AI from being used as shortcuts to undermine jobs that will be done better by humans anyway, but hard to explain to them why, because they, like, look, the thing you were saying earlier, right, where writers are no longer trained to become showrunners, this is going to cause a problem because you're going to run out of showrunners, or the showrunners you get will be poorly trained, and their shows will go over budget, which is stuff that happened. Yeah. These things are always We tell them that every year. And one of the things where you come on the board when they bring you on as a Writers Guild member on the board, it's always great because the first thing they go is, well, why don't we just tell them they're like they're eating their seed corn? They, they don't. And you see the, the, the glaze in the old board right. member's eyes. Sure. It's like, we tell them every year, they don't care. They, they used to not care because they, they really didn't want to give up the point. The new group of executives, and I do not think we can underestimate this, the new group of executives are fully of the vulture capital, hedge yeah. fund, financialization model of Hollywood, yeah. where if it does not boost the stock, if what's coming out of your mouth doesn't boost the stock price for the next quarter, right. they do not hear it. Yeah, Cutthroat cut 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 capitalism is what our previous guest called it, and I, I think you're right. And we're, we're racing to the bottom here, but let me, let's, let's, let's end on a positive note. How has the support been for your strike? Uh, the support's been, like we said, universal. But the yeah. guild itself was completely united. With a, we always get a few holdouts. Yep. Um, but the tone here within the industry and outside the industry, I'll address both. Uh, within the industry, uh, a complete sea change 
from 2007-2008. Right. Uh, the Teamsters, we had a big meeting at the Spine Auditorium the other day. Uh, after we declared the strike, we had several thousand guild members there yep. to go over the negotiations and explain why we had to do this. Um, and we had every labor union in Hollywood represented in that room. That's the awesome. Hollywood laborers union, the people who maintained the right. lot, right. were there. Yeah. The cementers and plasters were there. Yeah. The teamsters were there. The directors and actors were there. Ayatsi was there. We've never had this. That's and they great. all got up to speak. That's great. And and, um, and what about from the know, public? What, because the public right yeah. now has a very favorable view of unions. And I think, you know, at yeah. least from what I'm reading, very supportive of what you guys are doing. Uh, like, how's that been? Yeah, I mean, you You've got this sort of usual thing where people have been so steeped in what the corporation is always right when they just don't understand that you're allowed to say no. You know, we've got a little bit of that in the fringe. But I think that's the other thing is it was really hard to explain in 2007, 2008 to the general public. Sure. Well, you know, there's copyright issues and streaming. It's like I don't understand either of those words. But you can absolutely go to the public now that has watched this happen in every business in America. And they've had their family members suffer from this. Hey, uh, the bosses are making giant profits and not paying the workers. You don't have to sell anyone in America. Right. Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right about that. It's uh, listen. I I think what you're doing is uh, obviously God's work. I think it's important not just for the writers. I think it's important for the entertainment industry uh, workers. But I think it's also important for workers in in America. Period. Because you're you're trying to secure once again the middle class and and a good paying job with benefits and security and be able to raise your family and not worry about you know living paycheck to paycheck. And oh by the way, you know you're writing some of the greatest television that's been around or movies that have been around you know forever, right? I mean it's the it's top it's top notch. We just come out of the golden age of television and they're telling us we're not worth. You know, we're not worth a percentage of the profit well, we created for them. These companies have averaged between 28 and $30 billion in profit. Profit, not revenue. Profit. Your profit yeah. every year for the right. last five years, including during COVID. Yeah. And they're still saying, you know, it's a bad time to come to us uh, to try to, you know, make sure we can ensure a middle class living for writers. Well, if you if you guys yeah, don't win this yeah, fight, if you don't win this fight right now, the situation, the landscape for your members is going to be... I'm sure far more difficult the next time that you come together. So this is a this is a fight that you've got to win, and I think a lot of people understand that, and that's uh, why so many people support what you're doing. You're fighting for humans, and uh, if you're an air breathing human out there, support the WGA. Um, and I think you know it, it, it's as simple as that. Yeah, so, working. Uh, is there anything that you guys are posting up on your website or anything like that? Well, I mean, we've got uh, stuff from the WGA. You know, the WGA does a lot of internal comps because we are a small guild. I mean, uh, David Young, who used to be our head negotiator, has stepped away from this particular one, used to jokes. Uh, you know, the good thing is we're small, but we're alone. Um, but we are asking people if they if they want to support, they support us on social media. Just put stuff up that you support the Writers Guild. And if you want to throw a cup of coffee in donations, yep. we are not taking donations. We have our own strike fund. But, of course, there's going to be a lot of knockoff um, People damage, out of work, sure. Uh, yeah. The crews, yeah. yeah. And we've raised, uh, you know, uh, $1.5 million for our crew members. And that but the Entertainment uh, Community Fund is actually a tax-deductible donation people can make. You can find it. You Google Entertainment Community Fund. You go in there, and you choose film and television from the drop-down. Yeah. You drop in two bucks, right. and that's just going to some electrician or some makeup artist Sounds or some good. worker who, you know, we're, we're 
we're writing those checks too. So okay. That's a material way people can kind of do, you know, help out the workers who are affected by this. We, we appreciate it. We, uh, if you just joined us, uh, we've been talking with um, John Rogers. He is an executive board member for the WGA Writers West. Guild of America. Yep, Writers Guild of America. And hey, John, we appreciate your being on. This is really, really timely and really important. And we wish you all the all best. Right. Guys, I appreciate you having us on. I appreciate the work you're doing. It's right. you know we're not going to have a future unless people start waking up to the fact we have to do this together. Absolutely. Right. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. We'll Thank be, you guys. Yeah, we'll be right back uh, right here on 720 WGN, the Workers' Mic.